Let's go tonight to uh, Psalms 84. We're going to go to Psalms 84. And of course, on Sunday, you know, while I was preaching, in fact, on Sunday, we were talking about, uh, we talked about murmuring at Marah. We talked about the children of Israel and how the children of Israel had just crossed over the Red Sea. And uh, three days after they crossed over the Red Sea, they had to go through the desert place and um, they became tired and thirsty. And then when they finally found some water, uh, you all remember the Bible said that the water was bitter. Uh, Myra meant bitter. And so the water was bitter. It was undrinkable. And they became frustrated. And um, one of the things I told you that their main problem was it wasn't the bitter water, whether you know it or not. That wasn't really their problem. Uh, Their problem was that they focused on their circumstances rather than focusing on God. God already had a plan. He already had a plan for them. And so what happens is when we focus on our circumstances, what we're going through, the trials and the tribulations of life and don't focus on God, then uh, we really miss out on the blessings of God. So while I was on on that, this came to me that um, Psalms 84 uh, verses four through seven is very familiar passage of scripture. And uh, it just simply says, blessed are they that dwell in the house. They will be still praising thee. Now, you we're supposed to stop right there. Anytime you see the words allow, that mean to stop. That mean to focus. That mean to meditate on what has just been said. Blessed are they that dwell in the house they will still be praising thee. Then verse five, blessed is the man whose strength is in thee in whose heart are the ways of them who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. Those are the verses that we're going to concentrate and that uh, we're going to focus our attention on tonight. And we're just going to simply talk about the overcomers of circumstances the overcomers of circumstances. You will also see there on the slide right up above the subject matter for tonight. Uh, it just simply say, and I want to encourage somebody hard and let you know that you are bigger than your circumstances or your life situation. Somebody need to put that in their spirit tonight. You are bigger than your circumstances or your life situation. Whatever you're going through, you're bigger. You are better. All right. And I trust tonight when we get through with this lesson that all of us will be overcomers of our circumstances. And so tonight, keep your Bibles open, keep your Bibles open. Um, When you look at what the psalmist is saying, basically he's saying he declares that those who are privileged to dwell in God's house, to abide in his presence, they are blessed. Now, when you look at this word bless, when you look at this word bless, the word bless is to be happy. It means to be happy. But you have to understand that it's so much more than just surface or superficial happiness. You know, uh, most of the times our happiness is predicated upon what we have 
It's predicated upon everything going well. You know, when everything is going the way you desire for it to go, then uh, most of the time we're we're happy. But 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 this is a different kind of happiness. All right, this this bless this happiness. It is a joy. It's a it's a peace. Uh, it's an assurance that arises above our circumstances. Okay, that means you could be going through the valley, you could be going through the storm, you could be experiencing your own personal uh, Mara. The waters may seem to be bitter in your life right now, but he said, bless, happy. All right, it brings about a joy, a peace, it brings about um, an assurance that will cause you to rise above whatever you're going through. And that's the gist of this lesson tonight. I want you to rise above whatever you are going through um, tonight. I want to encourage your hearts. I want to let you know tonight that uh, circumstances don't make or break a man. And when we speak of a man, I'm speaking of a woman as well. All right. They simply reveal him. <laughs> All right. So your circumstances don't make you or break you. Really, what it does is it shows what's really down inside of you. All right. And I like my little uh, uh, graphic there. I call him Joe. I don't know why I named him Joe today, but that's Joe. And Joe just basically letting us know under no circumstances all right. In other words, I'm not going to break. I'm going to carry my load. That's what he's saying, because my circumstances, it doesn't make me, nor does it break me. And so are you are you surmounting yours or are you allowing your circumstances to get the best of you? Ponder that in your heart. Am I surmounting my circumstances or or am I allowing my circumstances to get the best of me? And so when you look at this particular Psalms, let's get into the text part of this now. When you look at this particular Psalms, um, the overcomers of circumstances have four characteristics, four characteristics. Um, When we get through with these four characteristics, you'll know whether or not you are an overcomer of your circumstances. It's right here in this text. So just keep your Bible right here. Pastor is going to just teach from the Bible. So there are four characteristics. Here they are. Here they are. Here they are. Number one, the text lets us know that the believer, they draw their strength from God. They draw their strength from God. Number two, their heart is 100% given over to God. Number three, I hope you all can see it. I'm going to read it real slow so that you'll be able, amen, you'll be able to see it. I want you to see it tonight. Number three, they overcome and even change their difficult circumstances. They overcome and they change their difficult circumstances. And then number four, they become stronger and stronger until they cross the finish line. All right. I want y'all to get it. They draw their strength from God. Their heart is a hundred percent given over to God. They overcome and even change their difficult circumstances. And then they become stronger and stronger until they cross the finish line. And so let's look at this. Let's look at this. Let's look at this. Uh, 
Look what he says in verse number five. Look what he says in verse number five. Look what he says in verse number five. He says, how blessed is the man whose strength is in thee. How blessed is the man whose strength is in thee. Now, I think you all would agree with me that God provides spiritual strength. And you have to understand that this power is one of the choice blessings from fellowship with God in the tabernacle. When we speak of the tabernacle, which is basically speaking of God's house. If you go back up to the first verse, he starts it off by saying, how amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. All right. And so this, this, this power is one of the choice blessings from fellowshipping with God in the tabernacle. Now, the psalmist calls a man blessed whose strength is in God, all right? Now, what we need to understand is this, that a man and a woman, uh, they draw strength from what they eat. (laughs) You, You guys need to understand, you draw strength from what you eat. A person eating healthy food has more strength than the person who eats poor food, okay? Strength, in fact, is is the output of what we intake. And, 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 and so the, the spiritual man or the inner man draws strength from spiritual food. And so to draw strength, the food must be put in your mouth, chewed well, swallowed and digested. <laughs> Um, I don't really like to admit it, but my kids laugh at me. Now they almost bet every time I sit down to eat because for some reason or another, every time I sit down to eat, I I start choking. And so the other night, uh, Brother Chris, I made it almost 98% (laughs) through the meal. (laughs) And and, and a piece of rice went down the wrong way. And then I start not choking to death, but y'all don't understand what I'm saying. And my kids, they, they laugh and say, we just knew that daddy couldn't make it a whole meal without choking. So it is spiritually. We draw strength from what we intake, okay? And 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 when we take this word, this word that I'm giving you tonight, the word that you, when you read on your own, you have to chew it well. You have to swallow it and you have to digest it, all right? If two eggs are served on your plate and you eat only one, then guess what? You're only going to get the strength from one egg, which was eaten and not from the other egg that remains on the plate. And so even if even if you do pray, even if you do hear sermons and hear Bible study lessons and hear Bible discovery uh, uh, lessons, unless you meditate on that word, okay, it will not strengthen your inner man. Okay, it's one thing to hear the word, go in one ear and then out the other ear. No, you you have to meditate on what you're hearing. In other words, when I get through teaching this, these few verses tonight, okay, in order for you to really be strengthened, you're gonna have to go back and read all eleven verse, twelve verses, and. Pray on it and, and ask God to give you some revelation and do some studying on your own, okay? Because you have to digest the word of God, all right? Because God's word, all right, when we get God's word in us, that's him. God is word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So when I, when I, when I read his word and chew on it and and digest his word as it's as it going down, I'm filling myself up with more of God because God is the word. I hope you all understand that. 
And 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 let me just throw this in that the word is alive. <laughs> There's nothing dead about the word. It's not outdated. The word of God is alive. And so the more you read his word and digest it, the more of God you get inside of you. And so he says, he says in verse number five, all right, he talks about, he talks about uh, strength, whose strength is in thee. And so in other words, strength is given to you when, when you set your heart on seeking God's presence. God will give you strength when you set your heart on seeking his presence. Those who are blessed to to abide in God's presence find their strength in him. Hallelujah. I know sometimes it seems like we barely got enough strength to put one foot in front of the other. But guess what? When you find yourself abiding in God's presence, then you'll find your strength in him. All right. The text says they found their strength for the journey. And and, and watch, watch this. They found their strength for the journey. Watch this. In the joy they would experience when they reached Zion and wallowed in the Lord's presence. They found strength. Now we're going to see later on that the journey wasn't that easy, but their strength came as they journeyed simply because of what they knew that they were going to experience when they got inside of the temple, inside of the tabernacle. They knew that the presence of God was going to be there. And how many of you all know if we can't find God nowhere else, we ought to be able to find God at least in his house. (laughs) Come on in, somebody. And I know we say he lives inside of us. And when I show up, God show up. Well, I don't know about all of that now for some folks. All right. There's a presence Hallelujah, that ought to be in God's house. And so that's where they received their strength from in knowing that when they got there, that they were going to be in the presence of God and that they were going to find strength. God is so amazing because even when you look, look at the, just write down Hebrews 12 and 2, write down Hebrews 12 and 2. Uh, Hebrew 12 and 2, uh, it talks about where it says, looking unto uh, 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 Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And then notice what it says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Who for the joy that was set before him. Now, the cross was not the joy. Ah, All right. The cross wasn't the joy, but he endured the cross because he understood that after the cross experience. (laughs) Oh, let me move on here. Let me move on. All right. And so just like they knew that if they could just get to the temple, just get to the tabernacle, it's the same way Jesus endured the cross. And so let me say it like this. When you purchase a new automobile, there are two ways to get it off the lot. Two ways you can get that car off the lot. You can push it or you can drive it. <laughs> All right? You 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 can push it or you can drive it. You know, I've discovered that many Christians push their way through life, never tapping into the energy source 
that is rightly theirs, which is God himself. Why are you going to keep pushing your way through life? You don't have the strength to do it. Write down Psalms 46 and 1. This is Bible study. It it, 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 it says what? That God is our refuge and strength. He's a very present help in trouble. Stop pushing your way through life. He is our strength. Notice, notice, notice when David says God is our refuge and strength. In other words, he was saying that God is both protection and power. Come on here. Refuge is protection. Power is strength. And guess what? They're both provided by God. All right. Now, I I need y'all to know something else you probably never thought of. This is both a negative and positive provision of help. Notice, he can protect us. That's the negative. And the reason I say it's the negative is because that means we might have an enemy. (laughs) That God has to protect us from. And so the enemy is the negative. Okay, (laughs) but 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 notice something or he can give us power, which is the positive to overcome that enemy. And so and so God decides which help it will be. And I I just threw somebody off. I said, God decides which help it will be. I mean, I know sometimes God's got to hide us. <laughs> he glory. He has to hide us. He has to protect us. All right. And so, and so he's our refuge and he's our strength. And so they say, blessed is the man whose strength is in thee. But then if you notice still in verse five, it says, in whose heart are the ways of them? Now, we understand that that in whose heart are the ways of them refers to the Jews who journey to Zion to worship in God's house. But I need you to understand that word ways. All right, because in the Hebrew, um, that word ways means highways or public roads. (laughs) They're on a journey. We're talking about traveling, okay? It means highways or public roads. And so the heart of those who were determined to travel to Jerusalem to worship were truly set on seeking God's presence. Everything they had to go through in order to get there, they weren't going to be jiving. They weren't going to see what somebody had on. You need to understand, they didn't have freeways. You you have to understand, they didn't drive Mercedes Benz and Lexuses and Jaguars and BMWs and Toyotas and Explorers and, and name your own car. Okay? It it was a tough journey. And so their longing to worship God, it was so strong that they were willing to travel many miles in difficult conditions. Oh, Lord, I thought I wasn't going to say it, but y'all know I'm going to say it. We don't even have to travel no more. (laughs) Right now, during this pandemic, we don't even have to travel to go to church. And we still can't get some folk to sign on. All they got to do is punch a button. And we still can't get them to sign on. These folks, they wanted the presence of God. And so they traveled for miles in difficult 
conditions. You know, this really says something about them. It says something about it. Pastor, what does, what does this say about them? Here it is right here. This speaks of sincerity in the person who desires the power of God. It speaks of sincerity. Some folk ain't as sincere as they say they are. But here in this passage, it speaks of the sincerity in the person who desires the power of God. Not only does it speak of their sincerity, but you have to understand that divine power is not given to phony believers, but only to those who have the way of God in their heart. Once again, there it is, the way of God. Okay. Look at the next point. Here is a person with a single purpose. A single purpose. What was their purpose? Their single purpose was just get me to the temple. You know, one of my favorite scriptures, David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Because they knew when they got there, that's where they were going to find their strength. It is my prayer that as we sign on to Zoom, that after every service, every Bible discovery hour, every Bible study, it's my prayer that somebody receives some strength. <laughs> Because if you don't, come on, us gathering even virtually, if we don't gain strength from it, basically we're wasting our time. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, look at the next point. This is a pilgrim with blinders on, headed in one direction, Zion, on their way to Jerusalem. Yeah, Okay. And so that's us. That's us. We have to put blinders on. Focus on what direction we're going in. Okay? And, and knowing that this world is not our home. We're on a pilgrimage. We are pilgrims and strangers traveling through this fairy land. But how many of y'all really believe we got a home in yonder city? Now, I know some of y'all don't want to go there tonight, but we got a home in yonder city. And so we have to make sure that our heart is 100% given over to God. And we have to enjoy going to God's house. We have to enjoy signing on. You used to say, oh, Lord, what time is it? Oh, my God, I got to put my food up. It's going to be cold by the time we get out of service here today. Now, that ain't joy. That's about you. In his presence is what? Fullness of joy. All right. And so their heart is 100% given over to God. Look at, look at, look at the next, look at the next point. If you wrote it down, I trust you wrote it down. Number three was they overcome and even change their difficult circumstances. They overcome and even change their difficult circumstances. Glance at verse number six. Glance down, glance down. Glance down at verse number six. Look what it says. Look what verse number six says. Who, ah, passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well, 
the rain also filleth the pool. On the screen, you'll see in a different translation, passing through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. Their early rain also covers it with blessings. Well, Pastor, what, 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 what is that saying? Many of the worshipers who traveled up to Jerusalem had to pass through the valley of Baca. Now, the valley of Baca meant weeping. Make sure you write that down. Baca means weeping. All right. Apparently, it was it was it was a dry place and the most dreaded section of the journey. Let me put the picture back on so you can see it. You, you, you see that desert place? I mean, you, you don't see no roads. You don't see no McDonald's where you go get you a, a McRib. <laughs> Come on, look at it. Look at it. Look at the trenches and the rocks. And the, uh, Could you imagine how hot and how dry it would be uh, uh, with, 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 with millions of people walking through that valley? Okay? And, 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 so, and, and so when we use the term Baca, Baca represents the trials and troubles of life, the painful experiences, watch this, that causes us to weep. Baca means weeping. Baca refers to, 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 to the time of trials where there is crying, weeping, and tears. Now, now how many of y'all know that 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 all because you cry and all because you uh, weep don't mean you're not saved. It, it, it don't mean that you don't trust God. I need to help somebody. Otherwise, God wouldn't have given us tear ducts. Okay? And, and, and so there come a time in our life where, where we have to cry, where we have to weep now. Watch it. We don't weep as those who have no hope. Some of you all, that's what some of you all need probably. Let me just talk to y'all for a minute. Some of y'all just need to go in the room by yourself and make yourself cry. <laughs> that's what some of y'all need. You know, sometimes we try to be strong and act like we got it all together and act like, you know, we're a pillar of strength. And come on, many of us have experience where we have to be somebody else's strength. When we need to strength ourselves, we're trying to hold other people up. Well, can I help y'all? We can only do that for so long. You can only do that so long before you crack up. All right? And so, and so Baca refers to the time of trial, crime, weeping, and tears. But, but wait a minute. I see something in the text. <laughs> Those whose strength is in the Lord... They make wells doing such phases of life. That's right there in the text, y'all. They make wells. Now, now, now to make a well, the ground needs to be dug. So that means it's going to take some efforts. Only a thirsty person will dig a well. <laughs> All right. And so this digging refers, I don't want nobody to go in their backyard and start digging tonight. All right. This digging refers to seeking of God's face in times of trials through prayer and supplication. That's what it refers to, seeking God's face during the times of of your uh, uh, circumstances and whatever you may be going through. Now, a, a person of little strength can't dig that long. Okay, perhaps after digging for a while, he gets tired and give up. That's 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 that's, uh, that's the person who's trying to rely on their own strength. It'll cause you to just throw in the towel. It'll cause you to pack your bags and leave. Y'all ain't gonna talk back here to me. 
it, it, it will cause you to say, I can't handle no more. That's when you're trying to go in your own strength. The next time you say, oh, God help me teach. I got to get through this. The next time you say, I can't take no more, you in your own strength. Oh, oh. And you better check yourself before you wreck yourself because the person who draws strength from the Lord, they keep digging the well until they get water. In other words, they keep praying until they get an answer. Come on. Notice, notice, notice the phrase in the text. The rain also filleth the pools. And so watch this. As the ground is being uh, 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 dug up for water, I'm going to help somebody. Our tears makes it a well. <laughs> y'all thought y'all thought he's gonna give you some water, a financial water, a, 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 a house was gonna be water. No, your tears makes the well. When when we see God's face, face with tears and weeping, our compassionate God, He rains His grace upon us which is the answer to our prayers for both spiritual and the natural blessings. This fills the pool with water. God's God's presence, God's presence comforts us in this valley, refreshing and renewing our spirits in the worst time. I dare not ask anybody, have God had to renew you? Have God ever had to uh, give you a time of of refreshing? After being beat and battered by the cares of the day and what this world is offering, God has to refresh us. He has to renew our spirits at the worst of time. So his presence empowers us to make it a well, that is, to turn our most trying times into experiences of spiritual refreshing and joy. I got to say that again, because that's going to bless somebody. I felt it. It blessed somebody. His presence empowers us to make our valley a well, whatever we're going through. And then it is to turn our most trying times into experiences of spiritual refreshing and joy. When we make pools in life's deserts, the Lord will fill them with heavenly rain, the heavenly rain of his presence. So, so can I encourage y'all tonight before we move on? Dig some wells. <laughs> I think it was Jehoshaphat when they were in a valley at one time and they didn't have no water. And the Lord said, dig some wells. As many wells as you will dig, I will feel. Cry out to God. Watch and see won't God's grace and God's mercy overshadow you and bring you the strength that you need. Baca so is a place of weeping. It's a place of sorrow. It's a place of infertility and possibly death. But in this barren environment, these overcomers (laughs) of circumstances, they made a spring of water, a source of refreshment, a place of hope and beauty. I mean, you know, God's the only person that can give you beauty out of ashes. He's the only person that can make whatever you are going through right now. He'll give you such hope until it, it'll look beautiful. <laughs> why? Because God will change your perspective. He'll, he'll, why? Because you'll be trusting in him. 
And so rather than being overwhelmed by their circumstances, they change them for good. They the, they're the ones that changed their circumstances. We waiting on God to change it for us. Yes, he can. I know God can. Sometimes he will. But sometimes God is saying to us, get up with your lazy self. Dry your eyes. Stop sitting up there. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me singing the blues. You got to change your own circumstances. How do I change it? Dig some wells. Cry out to God and let his grace and his mercy and his faithfulness bring you hope and satisfaction right where you are. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. Amen. God, 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 God to do it for you. His word says it. It's right here in the text. And so growing strong in God's presence is often preceded by a journey through barren places in our lives. Let me say that again. Growing strong in God's presence is often preceded by a journey through barren places in our lives. So what am I to do when I find myself in a barren place? When I find myself there at Baca, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to do as Paul said, rejoice evermore. <laughs> ah, rejoice evermore. God, I thank you. I thank you for Baca. I thank you for Myra. God, I thank you. Why? Because I know you are still in control. And so it always proceeds by a journey that's barren places of our lives. But the person who loves to spend time with God will see his or her adversary as an opportunity to experience God's faithfulness even more deeply. Whatever comes your way, Whatever adversity, whatever adversary, whatever trial, whatever the situation may be, you got to see it as an opportunity to experience God's faithfulness. Because I mean, y'all know God will bring you out. God will bring you through. God will bring you over. I never know him as a healer if I've never been sick. You hear me say it all the time. I would never know him as a way maker if I never needed a way made. And so if you are walking through your own valley of weeping tonight, be sure that your pilgrimage leads towards God and not away from him. I got to stress that this is not the time to walk away from God. <laughs> this is not the time to throw in the towel. This is not the time to start being unfaithful to God. This is not the time. The time when you find yourself in the valley of weeping, that's the time you ought to seek more of God. Go towards God, not away from God. There's a scripture we all loved Psalms 30, verse number five. Y'all should know it by heart. Write it down just in case you don't. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy, somebody ought to shout joy, cometh in the morning. And so the discomfort the saint experience in trials, you need to understand that they don't last. And, and when I look at Psalms 30 and verse number five, this verse is such an encouragement to God's people that ought to lift your heart. Because suffering will have an end for the saints. Uh, David reminds us that our season of suffering this lifetime is brief compared to the length of time we will rejoice throughout eternity. And then Paul picked it up in 2 Corinthians, the, the fourth chapter. 
Paul declared the same truth. He says, our light afflictions. Somebody say, how dare Paul call what I'm going through light? But I need you to know whatever you are experiencing tonight, it's, it's light. He says, our affliction, heavy as they might be, they are light compared to the weight of glory that we will know in eternity. They are brief, they're temporary, but the joys of eternity, it will never end. So Jesus promised that the sorrows of this life will be turned to joy at his return. And then when he comes again, our Lord will bring joy that will never be taken from us, a joy that will last throughout all eternity. So yes, weeping, weeping may last throughout the nighttime of this life, but a new day is coming. Somebody ought to say a new day is coming. Huh? A new day is going to come. I, I, I don't want y'all to miss that. Here's something I don't want you to miss because I don't want to take that Psalms 30 and 5 uh, 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 out of context because it is quite encouraging and weeping does endure for a night and joy will come in the morning. And we use that so much and the saints shout on that. But let's see if you're going to shout after I really get through with uh, this particular part of it. And I did that intentionally because when you look at the beginning of verse number five, you have to note something. It says, but his anger <laughs> endureth but a moment. And, and, and that's key to this verse. Uh, we always jump to the weeping man do it for a night joy come in the morning, but no, we need to go back. For his anger endureth but a moment in his favor is life. Pastor, what does that mean? I'm glad you asked. In other words, it says, because his anger, in other words, discipline due to sin. <laughs> discipline due to sin. In other words, it lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. And so David states a crucial truth for us to remember when we are when we are chastened by the Lord. You know, sometimes God's got to chastise us. Y'all know that. Okay. We when he have to chastise us, then we are the objects of his favor. Okay. Don't have nothing to do with it. With the object of his favor, not of his wrath. Okay? It's a little different from us because, you know, they always say, don't beat your kids. I mean, I'm sorry. Don't whoop your kids when you're mad. Because you're fooling around and you might hurt them. Why? Because you're mad. Because you're angry. You know, you might hit them a little too hard. You just meant to kind of push them down on the couch. But when you got through, they flipped over the couch and broke their leg and their arm. Why? Because you were angry. That's not God. We are not the... We, we, we are the objects of his favor, not of his wrath. All right. And so God's anger here in this, in this text here is his displeasure at our sin. He's not mad at us. <laughs> some some of y'all might be feeling, well, God, because of what I'm going through, is God mad at me? No, God's not mad at you. All right. Like any loving parent, the Lord is displeased when we disobey his commands. OK, and just like any other good, loving parent will discipline their kid. And so God disciplines us in order to correct our disobedience. Show me a parent that won't discipline their child and I'll show you a child. Ain't no telling what's going to happen in their life. Somebody going to discipline them. Somebody going to discipline them. All right. And so this anger, watch this. I, 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 
I hope I'm helping somebody. This anger, Psalms 30 and 5, is not the wrath that results in God's eternal punishment of sinful unbelievers. All right. But it's the same anger, same anger that drives parents to discipline their children because they love them and desire that they do what is right. When my mother used to whoop me, her favorite saying was, I'm only whooping you because I love you. And then I would say back to her, then if you love me, stop hitting me. <laughs> and that looked like that made her more angry. <laughs> All right. You discipline because you love. You know, discipline ain't always easy. You know, sometimes it hurt the parent more than it hurt the child. <laughs> when you have to discipline that child but you do it because you want them to do what's right. The fact of the matter is, uh, the author of the book of Hebrews in the 12th chapter, verse 11 and 12, look what he says. He says, now no, no, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Says, nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. In other words, to those who, who are being chastised. Then he says, Wherefore lift up the hands, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. And so, and so guess what? We can we can literally rejoice in chastisement. First of all, why? Because, because God is using it to produce holiness in our lives. How many of y'all know in order for us to go before a holy God, we need to be holy. In order for us to be strengthened and present ourselves before God, we need to be, we need to be holy. And so we should rejoice in chastisement because God is using it to produce holiness in our lives. Follow peace with all men. And what? Holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Uh-uh. And don't say, well, pastor, I'm a part of a holiness church. That's enough. No, I ain't got nothing to do with being a part of no holiness church. Y'all stop it. Because holiness is not a denomination. It's not, it's not an association. Okay? It's not an organization. Holiness is a way of Walking, it's a way of talking, it's a way of living. You got to follow peace. And so as God chastises us, then it produces holiness. He loves us enough, I'm almost finished, to discipline us when, when we sin. He loves us enough to correct us so that we might ultimately share in his holiness. And then secondly, we can rejoice because God is not, watch this, he's not displeased with us forever. Aren't you glad God ain't like some of us? <laughs> you know, we can get mad at some folk and we can stay mad at them for almost the rest of their life. But 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 that text says it's, it's just for a moment. His anger is just for a moment. And so we, we can rejoice because God is not displeased with us forever. When we repent of our sin and don't continue to commit it, when we, when we repent of our sin, his grace prevails in our lives. His anger allows us to know the joy of living in his favor. I'm going to say it again. His anger allows us to know the joy of living in his favor. We are blessed when the Lord chastens us. I'm going to say it again. We are blessed when the Lord chastens us. And then, my brothers and my sisters, we can rejoice. We can rejoice because the joys of eternity painful in this life. 
I don't know about y'all. I'm living for eternity. <laughs> I know I didn't come here to stay. Every day, something tells me I'm another day closer <laughs> to my journey's end. The tears of this life, including including those that accompany chastening, they're, br- they're very brief and few compared to the measure of joy we will know throughout eternity. And then last but not least, number four, and then I'm done. They become stronger and stronger until they cross the finish line. Verse seven says they go from strength to strength. Every one of them appears before God in Zion. So these overcomers of circumstances, they gain, they gain new strength. <laughs> Even the youth shall faint and be weary. Young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, he shall do what? Renew their strength. They're going to do what? Mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not get weary. They shall walk and not faint. And then in verse seven, it says, and they all make it. Every one of them appears before God in Zion. My mother made it. My father made it. Y'all name your own. Name your own. That's the glory of it all. That's the glory of it all. God strengthens them. Man, I wish I had time today, but I'm going to close. So those who abide in God's presence are not only comforted, but also sustained throughout their lives. They go from strength to strength, growing stronger through life's journey until they appear before God in Zion. Write down Job 17 and 9 to confirm that. He says, yet the righteous person clings to his way and the one with clean hands grows stronger. They cling to his way. What's his way? Who is his way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh to the father, but by me. Then he even talks about that a highway and a way shall be there. And it shall be called the way of holiness. No unclean thing. Isn't amazing Job talk about clean hands? David talks about, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hills? And then he says, he that has what? Clean hands and a pure heart, whose soul is not lifted up unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. Ah, The person who clings to his way is the one that grows stronger and stronger. So in every difficult place, every difficult place that they find themselves in, they find the strength they need to persevere and to continue on. Those who put their trust in God. And as they near the end of their journey, their capacity to endure actually increases instead of decreasing. The longer they travel, the more strength God will give them. Relate that to life. Relate that to life. I don't understand how people 20 years old talk about they tired. Come on. Then you got some folk that's in their 80s who look like God is increasing their strength. (laughs) The more they seek him. The great theologian Charles Spurgeon said this, and then I'm finished. If we spend our worst strength in God's ways, we shall find it increased. 
if we spend our strength in God's ways, we shall find it increase. And so if you are walking through your own valley of be sure, as I said, walk towards God and not away from God. We have a choice tonight. We have a choice. We can live under the circumstances or we can rise above the circumstances. What choice will you make tonight? Are you going to continue to live under it? Or are you going to rise above it? And then I need to know one more thing. What are your circumstances revealing about you? What are your circumstances? What are what you're going through right now really revealing about you? Do your testimony match up? Hallelujah. With your attitude. Do it match up with your praise. Do it match up. Are they making you? Or are they breaking you? Only you have the answer to that. But tonight, I want you to know. That as you travel through the valley of Baca. Dig some wells. Fill them wells with your tears and watch the grace and the mercy of God fill your well like a pool. Boy, this is some good stuff here tonight. I don't care what y'all say. I'm, I'm, I'm full. I don't even know if I'm going to eat naturally. I'm so full. All right, let's get ready to close. Let's get ready to close with this last. I got this couple more slides just so then for you all to read. And I think it'll be a blessing to you. It says, no matter your current circumstances, if you can imagine something better for yourself, you can create it. You can create it. You got to imagine it first. All right, imagine it first. Because if you can imagine it, then you can create it. Not in your own strength. Not based upon what you think you know. Because we limit ourselves when we go by what we know and our strength. But when we go in the strength of God, there's no mountain that's too high and there's no valley that's too low. Last but not least, I thought this was good. The same boiling water that softens the potato hardens the egg. It's about what you're made of, not the circumstances. Same water that's boiling, it'll soften a potato. That same water will harden the egg. It's about what you're made of and not your circumstances. Stop blaming your circumstances. It's what you are made of. Well, God bless y'all today. May heaven shine upon you. I trust and I pray that um, you got something out of this tonight. And I pray that uh, it has encouraged you to stop whining and crying. Stop waiting on somebody to pull you up and pull you out. Stop waiting on the magic, whatever. And if you find yourself in the valley of weeping or going through trials and tribulations, dig you some wells, cry out to God. God will fill your wells. And then he'll, 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 he'll surprise you. Because not only will he bless you spiritually, he'll turn around and he'll bless you naturally. My God, I thank you for your goodness, your love, your kindness. Thank you for your tender mercy. I've shared with your people what you've placed on my heart to share and you have declared. 
that your word would not go forth void, but it would accomplish what you set out for it to accomplish. And God, we say as the psalmist, how admirable are thy tabernacles. And God, our soul longeth, we fainteth for the courts of the Lord. Our flesh and our heart crieth out for the living God. And God, we want to be blessed. And we want to dwell in your house. Because we know that surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. And we're going to dwell in your house forever. God, help us to be ready. Help us to be ready, God, in the name of Jesus. Now, God, I pray that if there's any that's sick tonight, under the sound of my voice, that you would touch their body now, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Strengthen them. We know that healing is the children's bread. And we stand on your word, and your word is still alive. With your stripes, we are, we are healed. Heal us, God. Heal us physically. Heal us emotionally. Heal us, God, spiritually in the name of Jesus. Open up doors and continue to make ways out of no ways. Does somebody have a special petition before you, God? Hear them when they pray. Call on them, oh God. Give them the answer. Help us to trust you and not doubt. Help us to be patient, God, knowing that our time is not your time, but you're always right on time. And we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, God bless all of you. May heaven shine upon you. May God give you peace. Bless 